Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast. My name is Karina, and I am a psychic medium out of Calgary, Alberta. On the last episode, I had my lovely student Pam join me to share her spiritual journey. But I had to have her come back on here today because what happened yesterday left me almost speechless, which rarely happens. Everything that transpired happened all in divine timing, and I felt the strongest push to do this episode. I had been in the middle of writing another episode this entire week, and every time I would go to write, I felt a major block. I couldn't figure out why, but I know now this is the episode that they wanted me to do before all else. So everyone, please help me welcome Pam back to the podcast. Pam, I know that this is weird to have you come back on here again <laughs> two weeks later, but we had to do this, right? We did. We did. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I don't even know where to begin. So I'll let you lead the way. Okay, well, um, let's kind of go back, I guess, a little bit here. I would say a couple of months ago, you had asked me to work with your son or if I would you know, be able to work with your son. And I said, absolutely, no problem. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think we had tried a couple of times to connect and I was busy or things just came up and we couldn't get the date put together. And then just yesterday, I finally got to work with him. And I wasn't even actually sure what to expect, to be honest. I sat down and I said to him, even, you know, in my opening to him, I said, I have no idea what's going to happen in this session. I'm just going to channel and see what comes up and what happens. And um, yeah, I know I'm trying to take, take a deep <laughs> breath, Pam, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to still wrap my head around all of what happened yesterday. I'm, I don't even have words that I'm even trying to articulate this today for our listeners. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try to explain it as best as I can. What I learned yesterday about who you are and who your son is really shocked me for many reasons. And I was not prepared for what I was about to see and what I was going to, um, what I was going to be channeling with your son. And mm -hmm. I met you, like we said, you know, in 2020 when you found me on the podcast. And right. I have done a reading for you. I have had you in my home a few times for your level one and two and your masters. And not once did this situation that we're about to discuss, did it ever come up? It never came up. And no. I still, I understand it. And I know you said to me that you have a very strong understanding of why it didn't, but mm -hmm. it's um, still mind-blowing. So I'm going to let you share what yeah. you and your son experienced um, years ago. And I think everybody mm -hmm. will understand when you even talked about your traumas in the last episode of what you were actually discussing or what you actually right. meant. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's It's been a really interesting uh, um, journey with you. And it, it will all make sense now. But um, so I kind of have experienced like life before April 6th of 2018 and life after. And it was such a fork in the road for me and my family because my son Grayson is um, a survivor of the Humboldt Broncos tragedy. And I say that it, it changes absolutely everything. 
for everyone. So um, I, I kind of came to you originally with a thought, I, again, like I found you on the podcast and I started listening to you and, and it was a part of my healing journey. So really my healing journey kind of came um, after that day. So obviously with the situation that we, we faced with that, my son was in hospital. He had a serious back injury from that, um, uh, a broken back, a uh, broken L4 actually. Um, ended up with a fusion and um, three weeks in hospital was was what it was. So then we throw in, you know, the fact that he's one of 29 that were that were on that bus and and the extended family of the Broncos, we like to call it of, you know, 29 and their entire families that have been affected by this. And then you can even branch that out into, you know, every community, our country, um, North America, the world. Um, we were we were in a hospital in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and and had no idea how it had a world. Um, it was it, it's hard to wrap your brain around that when you're, you know, sitting beside your son and you know, everything else is happening around you. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a lot, it was a lot to take on just that part of it, let alone the magnitude, I guess. There's, there's really no words to even describe it. And so fast forward to when I, when I kind of came into your world into, to this space um, on my own healing journey, looking to heal my life and with with the tragedy be, being such a huge part of it, I assumed when I came to see you and I and I did all of the energy work and those kinds of things, and especially when I had my reading, that it would come up. And with every turn, I was almost shocked that it didn't. Not once. Not once. And I, at first, I was really um, taken aback by that, and I was, I was. I didn't know how to really to process that other than, oh, okay, well, as it came out, I had so many other traumas before the accident to deal with that I had to start at the beginning. And so I think that that was what it was, was in order for me to truly heal, the accident was just a piece of the puzzle for my own personal work, my own life, my own spirit, albeit the biggest piece um, and, you know, really has consumed the whole last five years of our lives. Mm -hmm. But there was so many other pieces that I had to look at first before I could get to healing from, you know, that day forward. Makes sense. So, yeah, I think that's part of the theory is, is how I wrap my brain around it. And so once I realized that, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's just one piece of the puzzle. And like I said, it's a, it's a massive major piece and it, it's really hard to take that on. I feel like I was meant to, to have others assist me and guide me to heal those other pieces so that I could really truly be strong enough to, to really truly face those really hard parts 
And wow. that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that I I had to work on so much more to get to a good enough place to work on that. And in a second, I'm going to ask you to take everybody back and explain that day. But also for the people that aren't aware of this accident, I would love for you to explain a little bit about that as well in a minute, um, because there might be listeners sure. out there that I know about this, of course, and, and a lot of North America, but maybe there are people that don't know what happened. So that way they mm-hmm. have a better understanding of your experience. But also after learning this yesterday with your son, I sat back as a medium and said to my guides, like, how could this not have come up? in her reading, in her healings, in her attunement when we were doing Reiki, Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time trying to understand that. And believe me, I had quite the conversation with my guides (laughs) yesterday because I thought I would have loved to have been there to help you over the last two years. But what I also heard and know, I wasn't meant to help you through that. I was meant to go to him. And through him, right. you would heal. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. So I guess as time went on and, and sort of the more um, I sort of tapped into my own mediumship and and I mean, we're talking every single mediumship class too. I was shocked that um, when you'd pair me up with someone that I thought Nobody for sure it would come this. out Nobody. <laughs> in a class at some Never. point, right? That, and they're all great would be tipped off. Yes. No, there's no nope. such talent in, in those classes. It's, Not it's one thing magical. And the, the, the more that that happened, the more I awakened to the fact that I, I think I was brought to you in order to lead him to you. I believe so. And, and so. that that's the magical piece of all of this is that there was a spiritual block for absolutely everyone in order to preserve the fact that you are truly his healer on this journey. And once I realized that, and the more I said in my head, I'd started saying that every time I'd have, we'd have a class or I'd see you or, you know, whatever interaction it would be. I was saying to myself, Grayson really needs Karina. He needs to go to Karina. And I've, I even said that out loud oh. to him countless times, but he wasn't ready. And so yeah. that's a couple months ago when we are trying to plan it um, because I, I said to him, are you ready to go see her? And he said he was, mm-hmm. but then there was some blockages with his work schedule and those kinds of things. And, and then um, he ended up with a, an injury where he couldn't go to work and he was home. He was forced and to be home. He was forced oh to God. be home. Right. Yeah. And I asked him again at the beginning of it. And I said, look, you're off right now. Do you want to go see her? And he said, yeah, okay. I think I'm ready. And that's when we we booked the date for yesterday for him to come and see you. And I, I just knew the second that we booked it and it started to roll, Yeah, everything lined up for me as to the reasons why no one could read me. Oh my! Gosh. Could read that piece of me, and it was yeah. to salvage and preserve the fact that he needed you more with that situation than I ever did. And like you said, I will heal through his healing. That's 
kind of how we've 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 journeyed the last five years together is as long as he's okay I seem to be okay of course you know of course um okay well before we go into his session let's try to take everybody back to that time frame so they can understand the accident first of all and what happened that day if you don't mind of course no um sorry i've never had to actually i think do this so so this is kind of odd for me i'll try to um, explain it as if no one knows because i traveled where we think everybody knows and um, not everybody does and it's always kind of um nice when that happens so on on april 6 2018 um my son was playing junior hockey in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. So junior A hockey. And they were traveling to, I believe it was game five of a playoff series with the Nippon Hawks, which is about a two, two and a half hour drive mm-hmm. from Humboldt to Nippon. Approximately 20 minutes out, they were hit um, on the right side of the bus by a semi-tractor trailer that ran a stop sign. Mm-hmm. So they were traveling at highway speed and were hit at full speed from a tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. So that that was a, a, a it, it's a it's a incomprehensible event. It's hard to really explain, but 16 people lost their lives that day from the bus. There was 29 team members on that bus and um, only 13 survivors and 16 that lost their lives. So it's, it was um, the worst tragedy in Canadian hockey history. Yes. And it, it was worldwide news. So I then, I was at home at the time. I was just on my way home from work when I received a phone call from Grayson's billet. And I was carpooling at the time with coworkers and I was about a mile from my house. It was also a blizzarding out. It was really, really bad um, weather. And there was a couple of vehicles in the ditch that I was approaching. So for safety reasons, I, I didn't even answer that phone call. I was like, I'm, I can see my house from here. I'll call her as soon as I get home, which I was really grateful. I, I did because I, I don't know if I would have been able to drive the last mile home, to be honest. So I, um, I called her back. She explained what had happened that, that she said, has anybody called you? There's been an accident and you need to, you need to know that I, I have no idea what's going on other than I know that there's there's lives that have been lost. That's that's all she knew at the time. So um, she said, brace yourself, Pam, because there's a lot. And I didn't really understand exactly what she meant because I immediately went into, um, where is my son? 
I was already kind of tapping into that. So I got off the phone with her. I paced around the house. I made a bunch of phone calls that I don't really remember even making. I don't remember those conversations. And I just remember pacing around the house and I came up to my room and I sat down on my bed and I, I started to visualize him laying on the pavement. And I, I, again, I, I thought I was making up stories, but I, I just kept trying to connect with this vision of my son. And I, for, for whatever reason, I knew that he, he was alive and I knew that he was trying to get hold of me. And I had recently changed jobs and had changed my phone number to have a work phone. And so I'm going through this and I'm like, he's trying to call me. He's trying to call me. I know he's trying to call me and he doesn't know my new phone number. And then it finally clicked in. I'm like, he knows his dad's number. I made my kids memorize it as children. He's never changed his phone number. He has the exact same cell number from when they were little. Right. And so I, I picked up the phone and I called him and I finally got a hold of him. And he, I told him what was going on. And I said, you know, he's trying to call you. So make sure you're, you know, you have, have you had any phone calls? And he said, well, I have a missed call from Saskatchewan. I said, you need to hang up and you need to call it back right now. And so he did. Mm -hmm. And they played phone tag a little bit because he was driving back um, from Cochrane in, in a really patchy cell phone area. And um, I guess someone that was um, with Grayson on roadside had tried to call his phone number, had left a long-winded phone message, mm-hmm. and it was dead air on his dad's cell phone on the message. It was just dead air. There was, there was no recording. Wow. And so when he phoned back, he, he was able to talk to this person and they had, they had just put him in an ambulance and said he was headed towards Tisdale, um, a a town nearby. Mm -hmm. And so from, from that, we were, um, start making phone calls to find him and where he was going. And, it was chaos. It was mayhem because he was 18. They, they couldn't release any information. And so what had happened was they were able to um, call us back and hand the phone over to him because I said, I'm not getting off this phone call right now until I hear my son's voice. And I was able to hear his voice and know that he was okay. Yeah. And so he told me, what his injuries were. He's like, mom, I think I broke my back. I I couldn't get up. I was trying to get up and I couldn't move. And everything that I was visualizing, he was confirming had happened. And um, so that's kind of how it unraveled. And with that, I knew that he was being put in another ground ambulance to the, the Royal University Hospital in Saskatoon, which is a couple hour drive. Mm-hmm. he was low on the triage list because he was one of the few that was actually ground transported okay because stars air ambulance and they utilized other um aircraft as well for that for transfers for all the boys so it was 
it was, they were all being to the exact same hospital in Saskatoon. And that was where we were to head. So I got off the phone. And um, prior to that, I had been on the phone with um, airlines and such and, and had my husband book me a, a flight to Saskatoon. Um, so we were able to, um, his father and I get to the airport and then get there that night. And, and we basically were about 30 minutes behind the ambulance when we got to the hospital. So it was good timing. We were able to get there pretty fast and be with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have been like this entire time we've been recording, I, have been emotional. I'm like holding back tears. I, I can't as an empath, as a mom, as a healer, it is extremely difficult, I guess, to, to even put myself into a situation like that. And I always say to my husband, you know, when I do readings nonstop all day long, and I mm -hmm. definitely deal with things that are very heavy, but when it comes to right. people's children, I have, I, I definitely um, channel and I do my job, but those are the ones that leave me shaken. Um, and yeah. it makes it hard for me to be a medium sometimes because of what I see and, and what I need to channel. But I'm sitting here thinking, right. oh, my goodness, like I wasn't prepared for yesterday at all. I had no idea that this lovely human that walks into my into my healing space <laughs> was carrying so much pain. And do you know when he sat with me, we also started off and, and went back in time to mm -hmm. his younger self. And even when I was talking to him in the very beginning of the session, there was this energy between us that was safe. It was magnetic. It was such a strong energy that every time I would say something, his body, he would have these full chills like go over his body. And so would I. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah. like, oh my gosh. And then I was saying to him um, a few things actually that had come up. And I am I know it's okay to say because we had asked him, you had asked him ahead of time if I mm -hmm. could mention these things yeah. and if we could discuss it. And um, originally by the end of the reading, I looked at him and I said, I would love for you to come on the podcast if you're comfortable with that and share your story. Of yeah how strong you are and give other people hope to have faith and, and to keep going no matter what you experience in this physical world. And he agreed. He was like, I would love to. And yesterday there's a yeah. bunch of weird things that happened that I messaged you with, and I'm going to explain it a little bit here, but yeah. <laughs> I remember saying, Oh my God, Pam, wait a second. It's you. You need to come back on, share this story. And then Grayson, because I sat there going, wait, you need to explain this from your perspective as his mom. And then when he does come on here, yeah, he can explain his, um, his experience. And he is 
magical. I remember looking at him yesterday going, oh my gosh, like you are, you're just such a good soul. And that's what I felt. Well, I've obviously loved you yeah. to pieces. So I knew he would be, of <laughs> course. Yeah. But I also wasn't prepared for how sensitive he is and how much of a healer he is as well. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I was like, you have big work to do. And I do remember, um, and I think I can share this, but one of the cards that I had pulled for him, because I don't usually use cards anymore either, but something made mm -hmm. me use the Archangel Michael deck. And this card came up and it said, your children are watched over by angels. And I said, wait, no, you, oh, wow. no, you don't have kids. But I said, I see kids and I keep getting told this is before I knew what had happened about the accident. Oh, wow. but I kept yeah. saying to him, oh, my God, I keep hearing you are a miracle. Your mm -hmm. angels, you know, saved you. You were saved. You were saved. And he's like, yep. Right. And he would take a deep breath. And, and at this point, I still didn't even know about the accident. I just knew that he was a walking miracle. And yeah, he has incredible work to do here on this earth. And he is such a bright light and mm -hmm. the kindest human that my son was actually home yesterday from school and my youngest son. And he was, you know, listening, not to the reading, but when you guys were leaving at the front door mm -hmm. and he was leaning over yeah. the <laughs> leaning over, I guess, and looking, which I didn't know because I didn't see him, but he he loved your son's energy. And I thought, yeah, huh, he knows because he's really sharp. He will say, I don't like that person or something wrong, or I, I get a bad vibe. He right. loved him, which I think says everything because he felt like he's one of us, right? Yeah. Yes. And and your guy is just as much an empath as and an intuitive. Yep. As, they're, they're very similar. Every time I would look over at your son, I would say, oh my God, you reminded me of my youngest. Like It's like looking at him in like an older version. I'm like, it's the same energy. And I said that to him and yes. he was looking at me going, yeah. really? And I said, yep, same energy. So I know that he's got big work to do. And I know that not just yeah. that accident, but no, he had, and I want you to explain this, he had a terrible month prior to this accident he did he he actually had a had a kind of terrible year leading up to that with a couple injuries and I mean he had a terrible concussion in November that I went and got him and brought him home to the Calgary uh, concussion clinic at the UFC for and he just healed from that got back into the lineup was doing really well and then he took a slab shot to the face that year and so I again brought him home after surgery they had to uh, and they had to put two plates and 27 screws into his face to to fix his broken orbital bone oh my gosh so yeah he was home for six weeks healing for that mm -hmm. and um, he was in a rush to get back to Humboldt for playoffs because they they had a really good team that year they were doing well there there was um they had some good energy rolling and he was really anxious to get back after so many stops and starts to that year and um when he was at the reason i brought this up is because when he was at home both of those times he got to hang out with his best friend who was a year younger um his name is ryan Macbeth, and they've they've grown up playing hockey together kind of every other year 
And so they're like brothers. Brian spent a lot of time in our house and vice versa. And they were, he helped him really heal through those two major hurdles that he had because as an athlete that's injured, they come home, they're depressed. They're, you know, they, nothing goes right. They, they just can't do what they want to do. And that's their love and their passion for the game. And, um, you know, be active. That's an athlete's mentality. And, and so the worst thing that can ever happen for an athlete is injury. Mm -hmm. It's, it's such a mental, emotional strain for them that, I credited everything to Ryan in those moments for, for really just, he'd come over after practice, he'd come over on the weekends after games and he would just hang out with them mm -hmm. and, and sit with him during those, those healing periods where he couldn't do anything. And so they said their goodbyes and um, Grayson drove back to Humboldt for the start of playoffs and or the start of that round, I guess it was, got himself into the lineup. And literally a week later, Ryan was, um, he had just finished his midget hockey career in Red Deer, Alberta, and then to his junior 18, which was an hour from our hometown in Drumheller. And he was driving back home that morning to go to school, and he had a semi-trailer semi pull out in front of him in heavy, heavy fog. And he ended up hitting the back of the trailer and died instantly. So Grayson, you know, had literally just gotten back in the lineup and got on a plane and came back home to support his entire friend group. And for them to all get together and grieve together. Sorry, I'm getting emotional because it's okay. It's really Ryan is the start of uh, sort of the the trauma for for our family because he was such a big loss, and uh, so yeah. I uh, walked my girlfriend through that, his mom, Shannon, that I adore. And uh, it was it was a really brutal process. So it was almost like we, uh, we knew how to deal with grieving people from, from sort of that day forward. And mm -hmm. uh, that was on March 13th of that year. So three and a half weeks later was the Humboldt tragedy. So... Um, Grayson was very experienced at, at grief at that point. And so he hadn't even healed himself. He had, you know, kind of spent a week at home away from his team and then right back to Humboldt, right back on another plane to, to Saskatchewan to try to finish the playoff series and, and um, be there with his team and something positive, I guess for him to go to and and it was you know two and a half weeks later was his his accident so mm -hmm. it was a lot in a really short period of time he lost 17 people in three and a half weeks 
It's so. unbelievable. Unbelievable. And yeah, it's just hard to um, talk about the Humboldt tragedy without talking about Ryan because he's such a key piece to it. And anyway, sorry. It's okay. And something that happened in his session yesterday, which now makes sense to me today, but I turned to your son and I said, okay, look, I know you're here for a really, really huge reason. Like this is the part where you leave everything behind today in this room and you get to write a whole new book. You get to start over. You mm. can look at the book and reread it sometimes, but you can't stay in that energy. It's time for you to just move forward. And I said, your guides are showing me almost like a, and one of those cereal boxes, the little mini cereal boxes that you, you know, cut down the middle and you open up. I said, they're showing me your mm -hmm. chest and they're opening up your chest. And I said, I keep seeing all these little black birds flying out of your chest, <laughs> like you're free. And apparently, because he told me at the end of it that I mentioned it like three or four times, I just kept seeing all these birds flying out of his chest, like he was free. And he mm -hmm. took a deep breath and he let so much go as an empath. All the mm -hmm. pain he was holding for everyone else, I watched him release. And yeah. at the end of the reading, he said, I have to show you something. And I said, okay. And so he showed me a photograph of his fellow teammate who had also survived the accident. And it was a picture of his chest with this tattoo that had all these little black birds flying up his mm -hmm. shoulder. And yeah. it was representing each of the souls that were lost, correct? Yeah, correct. He has 16 blackbirds representing the 16 angels that passed that day. And I thought that is unbelievable. And then yeah. I left you guys, you, you know, took him home and I had to take my youngest son with me to a meet and greet for a new doctor yesterday. Right. And yeah. I sat there and um, she wanted to take my blood pressure and I'm like, okay, well, here you go. I lifted up my sleeve and she had trouble getting the thing to work properly on my arm for some reason. I don't even know. And <laughs> so she'd come back over. And as she came over to me the second time trying to fix this thing on my arm, I almost passed out, not from the blood thing, from the, um, what do you call those? The blood pressure armband, <laughs> you know? Right, um, right. Because it's pressure. Pressure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait a second. So it wasn't that I was going to pass out from the armband. I was I happened to look down and on her wrist, she had a tattoo that had a name on it and all these black birds like flying up the arm. And I was like, I, I was That's so, I, I, this is stuff we can't make up, Pam. It's like, no, that they're like in tears, just going, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. this. And I said to her, I was like, Oh, it's a really beautiful tattoo. Would you mind if I take a picture of it? That's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever asked anyone. And it wasn't that I was going to post it or anything. It was, I had to show you so yeah. that you saw it. And not, I, even yeah. if I told you, I know you would have believed it, but I needed you to see it. It was so surreal that I thought I have to have a, a picture of this and I'm going to keep it on my phone forever. But she just said, oh no, go ahead. You know, it's my mom's name. And then all these birds around it and... On the drive home, I sat there thinking, 
what is this message? What do you want me to know? Mm -hmm. And that's when really it came to me. And I said, no, I knew that I had to ask you to come on here today. It was so, so strong. And I knew that Grayson was going to be coming on soon, but I got the strong message that it was you first. You needed Mm -hmm. to be the one to explain the story so that when he does come on, it's, um, it is a completely different perspective yes, too, and different perspective. Perspective. Both are, I would say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, extremely unique. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And him and I have talked a lot about about things. We're very open about everything, but he does have a lot of memory lapse of of the events. Mm-hmm. And um, as we know with trauma, that's a very normal reaction, and it's a way of your brain protecting you. It is. And, and it's, it's a, it's a safety mechanism in a lot of ways. So there was even on our conversation on the way home after his reading and, you know, so many things that he was overwhelmed by that had come up. And, and part of it too was he was shocked that it didn't automatically come out about the accident, that that wasn't the first thing and that it wasn't until there was a hint of it. And then he finally validated you. Mm-hmm. And I know when we had talked about it, when you had brought me in the room, you had kind of explained that, that it didn't open up Pandora's box until Grayson gave permission Yeah, with that validation. Yeah. So I think the block all this time has really been in protecting him, spirit mm-hmm. protecting him, me protecting him. It wasn't it never felt like it was my story to share in a lot of ways. Right. And it's, it's also just sort of how we've chosen to maybe navigate it is, is to not maybe be quite as public as, as the world kind of wanted us to be. Right. It's not that we didn't, we did some stories, shared experiences with the world and his healing and it was good and it was beneficial and it, and it, and it felt good to do that, to, to share it's, you know, it's as a survivor, there's a lot of weight on the boys to to kind of put out the feel good stories that do come along as well. And there's almost a responsibility to that in some way, somehow. And also they, they feel somewhat compelled to, to not let the world forget they're 16 and do their part and do what they can to hopefully never, you know, have something like this happen again. No, we don't want anybody to ever go through anything like this ever again, if at all possible. Right. And so there's, there's that angle to it as well. There's, there's just so many layers of it. It's, it's hard to really ever get through them all, I think. But when you shared that piece with me, it was very clear to me that the block was there for a protection Mm-hmm. for him as well as it preserved the right for you to come along and help him when he needed it the most and that wasn't right away it was when he was ready it's re- it's when he's ready to open up and get on his spiritual journey and that's really what he's in right now and that's what i said to him and- i looked at him and said I know that you had to give me permission because normally I would see that, but he had Mm -hmm. to, and there were certain things that I did see that led up to him Mm -hmm. 
blurting it out. And I said, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But the spiritual journey part was him being ready. Like you said, he had to be ready to not just talk about, I'm sure he's talked about it um, multiple times, but at a spiritual level, he had to give spirit, his guides and mine, the permission to allow him to let this out. And I just looked over at him and he took the biggest breath in and just, (laughs) and he just, yeah, I truly believe he had such a high level of trust with me. And absolutely, I instantly thought he was incredible. And as I went through the reading with him, it was a knowing, uh, like he could be, you know, my son, that kind of feeling, you know, where you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, Mm -hmm. you are special. And I know that that sounds a little cheesy, but it's, it's true. He's got a huge purpose and and he let go of a lot of pain yesterday. And I was absolutely honored to be a part of that and to watch him morph into this being that was now in the light if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Again, I would love to sit and talk to him for hours upon hours. Like we both looked at the time when we were like two and a half hours went by, like two (laughs) hours or I think it was two and a half really. And we were like, yeah, it was about two hours. We're like, well, the funniest part too is when I, when I dropped him up. So, so I kind of have the luxury of being the only one that knows what's going on in this situation. Right. Because I knew yep. the hard part was, 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 um, I, I didn't want to put you in a bad position of the shock of it because it is, it is such a, a magnitude of shock when, when people learn about it. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's hard to do that to people. It really is. It's, it's hard because, I've, I've had to pick a lot of people up in that situation when they, when they somehow some way realize who I am or what has happened and put it together and uh, people fall apart in front of me uh, wow. constantly. It, it, it has taught me a lot and it's been a big piece of my spiritual journey actually is, is learning how to deal with those situations. And I didn't want to do that to you, but I also didn't know how to tell you anything without telling you anything. Yep. So it was really hard to kind of navigate all of this. I just compartmentalized it and put it aside with, with every class, with everything. And I, I just said to myself, if it's, if it's meant to be talked about, it'll come up, right. but I will never bring this up. Wow. And that's kind of been how I have walked through life the last five years with meeting anybody new in my life is, is exactly that. that right. Mm-hmm. And it's a trust piece too. And so I think part of it too, when you said Grayson really trusted you is he did because he really trusts me and our relationship on this healing journey since, since that day has been, I will get you whatever help I can find you, whatever it is, I will do whatever work I need to do to get you to where you need to be on this healing journey, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's spiritual. And, and we just finally were able to heal enough mentally and physically and emotionally a bit 
to, to get to the spiritual peace. And that's why I kept saying to him, I think it's time. I think you need to see Karina. And I kept getting nudges from spirit constantly. I kept getting harassed about it. Like you have to, you have to book this. You have to push him in that direction a bit because I've kind of always booked his appointments and you know, those kinds of things. Right. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't trust a lot of people, but he trusts me to figure it out first and feel the situation out before I put him in it Do you know because I he... know what he can handle and what he can't. True. Do you know what he said to me as he sat down and I started to no. talk to him and I said, Hey, this is how I do it. You know, I'm just going to be very direct with you in the most gentle, loving way. But I always, you know, tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And he said, Oh no, what you've done for my mom over the last couple of years is why I'm here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. But what just hit me now as you were talking, Pam, was something really that was like a big aha moment. I really don't feel like you and I were supposed to have that discussion about the accident. First of all, for him, that's, uh, you know, right. Most the yeah. whole reason. However, I've heard that you and I, have built this beautiful friendship over the last Mm -hmm. few months, especially, I mean, we've known each other for two years, but really in the last few months have gotten a level of trust and, and comfort where, you know, even at your master's, I was like, Oh, I just love hanging out with you. We were planning a trip to New York, you know, yeah, Um, like those kind of things. And I, I really feel like I needed to have a special bond with you as a soul sister, as a friend before Mm -hmm. I found this out because I think if I had found this out right away, healer in me would just be instantly like wanting to coddle you in a sense. Yes. And I'm sure a lot of your friends think like that and people that you meet who feel, I don't want to say like pity, but sorry for you to have experienced something so tragic. And that's not what you needed from me. You needed my strength, um, my weirdness (laughs) weirdness <laughs> and and friendship without not without yeah. having any preconceived notion about who you are and what you've experienced because that's what essentially brought us close together was not right. knowing a lot about each other and just a comfort yep. level of I know you and then when you had mentioned bringing your son I'm like yep of course like I will I would love to work with them and yeah. then everything just you know unfolded and I went Oh, and believe me, <laughs> it was, you know, a very busy day after you left. So I didn't have a lot of time to process. But when I did have moments of processing, I'm like, I was trying to make sense of why would my guides not show me this? Why didn't you say anything? How could I have not helped her for two years? And and even just now getting that aha moment of no, that's mm-hmm. what we needed was to bond on yeah. a different level so that there was a certain level of trust for you that yeah. I wasn't coddling you. I wasn't just feeling sorry for you and trying to like step in and be the healer for you to help you in that particular way. And then it organically right. unfolded. So. No. And it's, I, it's not something I, I wanted out there anyway. I really d- didn't. And that could have been a piece of it too, was I, I don't like to lead my life with that. It is something not. that happened in our lives, that's extremely important. And I mean, it's, it's nothing we'll ever get away from and forget. And I mean, it's, it's such a massive piece. But at the same time, Grayson and I have talked from day one, 
that we wanted to make sure moving forward that he didn't fall into letting a tragic event define his life. Yeah. That it needed to be something that he was able to grow from and learn from. And I mean, let's be clear, we're all here. We're all spirits having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And I strongly believe we are here to learn lessons that grow our soul. And he believes the exact same thing. And, and it was immediate that he felt that way. He, he didn't really go into a pity party per se. Uh, why did this happen to me? Woe was me or, you know, anything like that. He, he just, he sat with it and he tried his best as an 18 year old boy to process it and, mm-hmm. and move as gently through that and, you know, protect the grieving families and, you know, make sure his actions counted, I guess. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, we talked a lot about the importance of we're, we're a family. This isn't a single, this wasn't a single vehicle accident with one occupant. This was so many people involved and so many emotions and so many, it, it, I'm sure everybody understands that. Like it's, it's just yeah. the, the umbrella just grows and grows and grows. Yeah. That's, and so it's a sensitivity a issue, I guess, right? You have to really, yeah. we, we want to walk through with respect and grace. And that's so that's sense. always been very important, right? So I didn't want to show up to that. I, it, I was grateful that it was a space that nobody knew who I was, that yeah. nobody knew that. And I, and that, that defined me immediately and not let everything. So I I love that it was, you pushed me authentically. Our friendship grew authentically. I mean, I've been attracted to your energy and and that's really, I think ideally what it is, is is we just, we were vibrating with different things where where this is such a a different vibration altogether. Yeah. This whole this whole piece of our lives, right? It's a completely different vibration. Do you know what? Remember I even said to you, Pam, I don't trust a lot of people. And I Mm -hmm. said, I don't know what it is about you that I just, (laughs) I trust. And that is really even difficult for me to say to other people. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. say that to a lot of people that, hey, I trust you because I have been let down and being a psychic, I see so much that... Right. And whether I see it or not, I feel the vibration, like we said about vibrations. Yeah. But I did trust you right away. From the first moment I met you, I was like, okay, I feel good. And then as we started to get to know each other more and more through classes and all of those things and chatting back and forth, I am actually really grateful that we had that friendship built before I knew this. Because yes. then now it allows me to be the healer to your son. Mm -hmm. I just know that I can be there for him now. Right. And which of course I'm going to do everything I can um, to be a part of his life. I think he's unbelievable. He's just an amazing human being. And I will say the only thing that I think happened that maybe you thought was going to open this 
box during, I think your master's was it? Or your, no, level one and two, you said that his best friend was coming oh, right. in. I forgot about yes. this till just now. And I thought maybe we should mention yeah. that because I think there was that pathway and then it got shut mm -hmm. down because we, it wasn't it supposed to be. No. And um, again, that was another sign for me to keep like moving forward with that. So what happened was when I came to level one and two and we were sitting um, sort of in your uh, therapy room there and we were just going through whatever you were teaching us mm -hmm. and another student that was sitting beside you kept getting distracted by the windows and you had kind of some sheer curtains over the windows, but she kept seeing, seeing shadows and movement. Mm -hmm. And I was as well. I kept getting distracted by the same thing. And I was like, what is flying around out there? Like I really wasn't sure at that moment what I was picking up because I was really new to it at that point. Right. I wasn't, I hadn't taken mm -hmm. any mediumship classes or anything. I just knew that there, there was something going on energetically around the windows. And, um, she's like, do you see that? And I said, well, I, I do. I think I do. I just keep seeing like movement. And she's like, yeah, me too. And she was getting really irritated because she couldn't kind of catch sight of it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, is somebody here? And you're like, just wait a minute. I'll, I'll check in. I'm going to tap in. And you started channeling Ryan. Uh -huh. You described him to a T. You said, uh, I'm getting the number 17, which is how old he was. And then you're like, but I'm also getting 14, which was his Jersey number. Oh my gosh. And I, I got chills and I said, oh gosh, I know who that is. And you're like, you know who it is? Cause everybody in the room was like, oh, trying to like dig for this. And you're like, I just see his smile. He's just got this gorgeous face and, and I just see these beautiful teeth and, and, I can't even remember what the message was. And I, all I had said to you at that point was that's my son's best friend that passed away oh when God. he was 17 and Amanda had a flash of the accident. She's like, I, I, I seen it happen. And so she was channeling, you were channeling and I'm pretty sure I was crying. Yeah. So it, it was a lot. I, I just don't, it, there was a message to relay to Grayson from him. And I can't remember exactly what that was at the time. I, I know I had relayed it and that was kind of the start of him sidebar journey with me along with all of this. Right. So he has seen oh, my to transformation to too. trust this too, yes. because you were here with yes. me. Yeah. Oh. And Ryan authentically came through. So really he has sidebar journeyed with me through all of this. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's just like a puzzle piece that is really just put together right now. It makes a yeah. lot of sense of him needing that puzzle piece to say, Hey, in this class, this lady that I'm working with channeled yeah. him. And then yeah. it took him time, you know, to, to, to trust, to be able to come. But when he did, he walked in like, okay, I'm here. That's it. You know, I'm ready to do this. And <laughs> yeah, and he let go instantly. He wasn't yeah. nervous, even like he just was there and he was ready. And I can't wait to have him on here with me because I think it's so important for everyone to now hear his spiritual journey and how things are unfolding for him and how yeah. no matter what 
happens in life and the tragedies we experience, how we have to keep going. We, I will say we have a choice. We can either sink or swim and he's choosing to swim. And yeah. I would love for him to teach others how to do that as well. So agreed. Mm -hmm. He's, he's very skilled at that and he's been through every up and down. And I mean, really he's, he's down again right now. And that was part of my problem, right? As a mother, I'm, I watched him sink again. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my panic a bit to you was like, I, I really need him to come see you. You did say that. And I think I brought it up a couple times to you, maybe at yeah. the end of one class or after, after I think I had done my practice reading for you, uh -huh. I, I'm pretty sure I said my you son did. and I, I'd, st I'd started it, right? Like I had started kind of planting that seed. And, and ever since I started doing that, the last, what, maybe say three months, it would have been, I started planting kind of that seed and saying it out loud because I was getting bugged. And I was like, okay, is this my ego? I kept having to ask myself, is this me that wants this and is pushing this or is this them that is just trying to come through me to, to make this, to facilitate this? Yeah. And every time I kept asking that question, I would get, he needs to go to you that you're his healer. And, and that's the message that's been consistent all along. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we get a twofer with you, you know, <laughs> you and I have built this foundation and this friendship authentically. Yeah. And, and this was just, um, more information. Mm -hmm. But Grayson is truly who you are going to heal. I, I think I'm meant to learn from you. And, and we have like, you've been a, an incredible mentor of mine. And I really wouldn't be where I am today without you. And that's, that's a fact. And it is true. He has sat back and watched me grow and morph into my authentic self. He trusts that. He's seen it. He does. Mm -hmm. He's, he told me that first thing, you know, is what he said when he sat down. And I thought, okay. That does and, not surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it because I really want to work with him again. I know that I'm being called to. I thought about him all night last night, even my younger son talking about him today. And I thought, hmm, he knows. He knows that he's going to come back and do some more work. And yeah. it's... um. I'm grateful that spirit trusted me to be that healer for him because that to me is a gift that mm -hmm. says a lot. And that part makes me emotional um, mm -hmm. because I am a mom to boys and yeah. to know that I'm able to give him everything I've got. And I promise you, I will. Um, I know that's, just a gift. It's just a gift. So I'm really grateful that you trust me like that and that he does now too. And to be a part of his journey for his future. Um, and I know that my youngest son is going to meet him and think he's amazing and <laughs> want to be in his energy. And maybe he'll learn a lot from him as well by the time he's that age. So that's also another gift, right? Well, I keep seeing them golfing together, so <laughs> I'll take it. I would. Grayson's body that. heals up. <laughs> I can totally see them golfing. I love it. Well, let's just uh, put that out in the universe, so everything Absolutely. will unfold as it should. And I mean, we really haven't even gotten to his sight, his gifts, his um, intuition. I'm really looking forward to hearing his journey with you, and in his voice, say 
how that's unfolding for him because um, he's, he's always been that child too, where he's been, uh, he just knows things. He feels things. He's 100% an empath. Honestly, all my kids are, but he's really, I, I think he's really been strong. leveled up with everything that he's been through. Right. He's, he's kind of been fast tracked a bit. He for sure has, as I would yeah. say things, he was visually there with me and I'd look at him and mm -hmm. I'm like, you're with me, aren't you? You see this. And he's like, I do. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I've told him multiple times before I knew about the accident multiple times. I'm like, you are like us. You've got yeah. these abilities and I'm going to help you. And, and yeah. So I love it. Yeah, I do too. I can't wait till he comes on here to share with everyone and, and for them to hear his voice and hear his perspective on the spiritual world and life and the journey. And it's um, yeah. going to be very special. So yeah, I think so. He has a lot to offer this world and I know he does. We need him to recognize his, his gifts and, and that it really truly is his voice. It and Yep, his that's... perspective as a young male, like I keep going back to Ronnie and yeah. how, you know, um, in every class I've just been so drawn to him too. And it's, it really is because he reminds me so much of my son. He really and, does. Oh, I same have to bring energy. him up on this because yes, they do. They share the same energy. They're going through the same challenges where they're having a spiritual awakening as mm -hmm. a young adult and, and the difficulties around that and it's it's real and and part of the last three years five years but really the last three years especially really kind of magnified things with the lockdowns and such I I watched my poor son sink yeah trying to find his spiritual footing and just stumbling because it's so hard when you're not surrounded by that that community and I learned that so quickly coming to you and you know um taking my my reiki and then the mediumship classes and and learning and i think i said this a few times in class that how much i love them so much because it gives you such a sense of community that we are we're all craving and missing so much yeah and especially in the spiritual realm it's it's really hard to to find your people mm -hmm. it's really hard to find your people our you know people in our lives right now struggle with that because we've changed so much mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily know how to relate to us and we don't really know how to relate to them anymore because we just we feel things differently we want things differently we i want to live in that feeling and world all the time it's not that people can't come join us mm -hmm. it's it's just they they maybe don't know about it yet or they're not ready mm -hmm. and so it can be a really lonely experience and that was also part of why I kept saying to him you you need to you need to go see her you need to get this started I, I kept going you know come on join me that's right. Because you're missing that community piece. I have that now. And I need, I need you to have that with me. You know, I, I need you to have that. Even if it's something different, I don't care. I just meant he needs to find his people. Mm -hmm. And he will, as he's opening up here, I see that he will. And for my kids, you know, even when they get to that age that they're going to need those leaders like Ronnie and him to 
make this okay, to make this acceptable, to be sensitive, to be empaths and for Mm -hmm. them to show them that it's okay to struggle and it's okay to cry. And then here's how you keep going. You know, that's right. They're going to be the leaders and Oh, I just can't wait to see where he heads because that's what I said to him. I'm like, you have such a purpose and you don't even know it yet. And this is just, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm going to see you many times, right? I said, this is just the beginning for us. And he's like, oh, I know. And he smiled and, and um, yeah, so, oh, I can't wait. This is amazing. I know. He's going to be. It's an exciting beginning. Feeling. And I, yeah, I, I feel a little guilt about sort of the rough start. <laughs> And the shock of it all because, but I honestly don't know how to avoid that. It's, it just kind of comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all, it just kind of comes with the territory, but it really did. And I mean, talk about, um, I think spirit had a plan the whole time. I would say so. I I really do. I hundred percent hands down. This was just all in the works and, and him showing up pre-planned. And yeah. the other thing I find is just actually hitting me now. What are the chances that my youngest son was home yesterday too? I know. Like he yes. wasn't supposed to be. And I thought, well, okay, you know, we're just doing a short reading, not short, but like we're doing a reading. Yeah. He'll just like hang out until we go to the doctor's kind of thing. And he was supposed to go to school. I think yeah. he actually needed to be there and he was hovering over and mm-hmm. watching him and, and, I said to him, I'm like, oh, you know, he's a hockey player. He goes, I knew it and stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> wow, okay, but but there's a bigger purpose for that. And everything yeah. is all lining up and let's yeah. just see what happens. And we'll come back on here someday again and tell everybody what has transpired over the year or two. And I'm sure yeah. it's going to be healing for, for many reasons. So yes, yeah. yes. And I just, I appreciate you so much. Mm, and you too you know oh my gosh I just <laughs> I can't imagine um well you talk about trust a lot in this in this episode and there's no bigger trust than handing your baby off to someone that you know can t- can take care of your baby in a way that you can't oh in where you're limited yeah. you know and where they can pick up and and take them even further and you are that person. I don't trust anybody more in this world than than you with him spiritually. There's oh, this this is beautiful. a big key piece in his whole life. It and make me cry I, and stuff here. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think all emotional. It's like I know. Oh. I'm just excited to see. I know. Um, you know, as we are with all of our babies when they grow, is yeah. is to see where life takes them, and. Like you said, I've just always known that he's got big work to do. And with everything that keeps happening, it's, I know it's, it's, uh, it's life school. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's things only life can teach you. It's things only trauma can teach you. It's things only spirit can, can guide you through literally. And I mean, we don't even know how he's here. We, we don't we we know other than than spirit yeah and i have a lot of angels around him i know well i saw i know they all did and it doesn't all make sense it does but it doesn't i i know that that um 
that he has work for many to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he'll honor everybody. I know that he absolutely will always honor those souls that he was mm-hmm. a part of. Mm-hmm. So I want to leave you all with this today. There are things that are going to happen in this life that may never make sense. Many tragedies occur, and we all struggle to understand why. We can't make sense of certain things, and I don't believe that we're meant to. What I do know is that we need to learn how important it is for us to cherish each day that we are given. We need to treat our loved ones that we care so much about with the utmost love and appreciation. As I've said before, we will all have an exit from this earth, and life can change in the blink of an eye. So live your lives as if there is no tomorrow. Eat the food, travel the world, make sure you play harder than you work. Forgive and love, love and love some more. So Pam, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and being so open and honest and sharing this story with everyone. Thank you so much for having me. It, it, it's probably really good therapy for me to tell this story that I really haven't. And um, if it can help anybody out there, I mean, it, it means the world to me. So thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to, to share my story. If you would like to book a reading with me, I can be reached at www.divinemessages.ca or on Instagram at divinemessages333 or at the Divine Messages podcast. Please bear in mind that the perspectives and opinions represented in this podcast are based solely on the divine messages interpretation. We can in no way be held responsible for the actions of our followers.